Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord and the Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Once the Christian church firmly established a definite date for the celebration of our Lord's birth, the rest was history. Or at least, the rest of the events of Jesus' early life could be tracked in the church year. With Jesus' birth being celebrated on December 25th, we know that eight days later would always be January 1st on our calendars. And so January 1st is always the day of the church year upon which the church remembers the circumcision of our Lord, the eighth day following His birth. And following Abraham, every baby boy then born to the Hebrew people was to be circumcised upon the eighth day following their birth. That marked them as one of God's chosen people, thus setting them apart from the rest of the world. The boys would also be officially named upon that eighth day, again marking them as one of God's own. According to the Levitical law, from Leviticus chapter 12, If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days. And on the eighth day, the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Then she shall continue for thirty-three days in the blood of her purifying, until the days of her purifying are completed. Now, there's nothing inherently unclean about giving birth. But this is one of those ceremonial laws put in place by God for His Israelite people to follow, to separate them out from the rest of the known world at that time, and to provide for them an opportunity to demonstrate their faithfulness to God and their love for His Word. And the Leviticus continues, when the days of her purifying are completed, She shall bring to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting a lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering. And if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves, one for a burnt offering and the other for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for her, and she shall be clean. On the fortieth day after Jesus' birth, Always February 2nd, on our church year calendar, we find that event taking place. We find Mary and Joseph faithfully going into Jerusalem for this rite of purification. Along with this cleansing sacrifice, Joseph and Mary also had to present Jesus before the Lord within His temple. He was the firstborn of Mary as the Scriptures tell us, the first to open her womb. And so this, too, was to keep ceremonial law given for their ancestors and for them who would follow. Immediately following Israel's salvation from slavery in the country of Egypt, we hear in Exodus chapter 13, whatever is the first to open the womb among the people of Israel, both of man and of beast, God says, is mine. A few verses later, we hear that all the firstborn of your animals that are male shall be the Lord's, and every firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. 
since God required all the firstborn males to be His. He made provision for the sons of man through a sacrifice to be offered up in place of those boys. And so those sons could be redeemed, spared that sacrifice through the offering of a substitute. This is what Mary and Joseph had come to do. Now, if the Hebrew people at that time, throughout their history, could be aware of all the thoughts of neighboring countries, of neighboring peoples, they would no doubt know that they are, as the people of God, looked on as foolish and silly, the eyes of the world, the ways of this world. And yet, even every religion has its various practices and rules to follow after, so Israelites are not alone in such obligations. Similar to we as Christians today, the Hebrew people were not to let those thoughts of the others around them deter them from keeping God's Word, His commands. Yes, there is persecution for being faithful to God, but what of it? Who should we be trying to please in this life, God or man? So what Joseph and Mary demonstrate with their keeping of the law of God is their faithfulness toward Him and their love for Him as their Creator. And even though very far from perfect still, Mary and Joseph did what was expected of them, as did many of their brethren. They were also, though, doing this for their son. Now, we know God is God over all things. Lord over all things. No one can control God. No one can contain God, wrap Him up in a package or in a box. He is not subject to any law, and He is not held liable under any court. And yet He who is the one who has given the law, and He alone who is the one who judges according to the law, that Lord and that God put Himself under the law in the very person of His only begotten Son. Why would someone with all power and all might do such a thing? Because of the sins of His people, His creation, and a desire from within His nature to win them back from sin and from death. In His holy justice, God most certainly could have ended all of our lives, left every last soul for rightful condemnation in hell. It is what we justly deserve for our sin, we've confessed this day, temporal and eternal punishment, frightening thought. But God's primary work, His chief work, His characteristic above all, is that of love out of love for His fallen creation, the Lord God Almighty took on the form of our very nature, of His fallen people. And in order to save all mankind from an eternity of death and of hell, the great giver of the law, holy of holies, bound Himself to it. The Lord Jesus then, from the very beginning of His earthly life, fell under subjection 
to the law. At first, he kept it by virtue of his parents who did it on his behalf. Joseph and Mary had a very important role in following the requirements of God for purification for the sake of Jesus, their son. And once then old enough, the Lord Jesus himself would faithfully go and fulfill all that God required of him. And never would Jesus fail. Never would he give in to sin or temptation, to rebellion against God in his will and his word. But Jesus' keeping of the law from the very moment of his birth through his parents' observation and then into his own keeping of the commandments reveals truly that human nature in the Lord Jesus. The second person of the Holy Trinity God of God, light of light, very God of very God was made into mortal flesh. And he was put under the law of God, just like you and me. This is what we've heard from our epistle text for today. The author of the book of Hebrews writes, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same thing. For surely it is not angels that he helps. He had to be made like his brothers in every respect to make propitiation for the sins of the people. All of this is what it would certainly take to win the forgiveness of all sins, to win eternal life and to win salvation, all the very fruits, the products of Christ's suffering and death upon the cross. The Lord Jesus became one of us in order to win for us redemption, to be bought back, making propitiation for our sins, satisfaction for God, to God for our sins as our substitute, stepping in on our behalf. He himself suffered, has suffered when tempted, Hebrews says. Jesus knows your temptations. He knows them of greed and of envy, of anger and of hatred, of lust and sexual immorality. But he resisted them all, each and every one, for they are truly wrong and against God's command. But he did so on your behalf, for you, before God. And Jesus, having lived this life perfectly for you and for me in every single way, then offered himself unto death. He is the Lamb who was slain, worthy of our praise as we have sung. And perhaps you caught it. Perhaps you heard earlier from that reading in Leviticus that a woman was to bring a lamb as an offering on the 40th day. And while Mary and Joseph certainly could not afford a lamb, they brought one. Nonetheless, they brought the true Lamb of God, who all other lambs before Him have been leading up to. And it is the one Simeon who is given the gift of God to call that, to recognize this great truth of God. For he took that 40-day-old Jesus up in his arms and declared, For my eyes have now seen the salvation of God that you have prepared before all peoples. Jesus is the light. 
for the revelation to the Gentiles. He is the glory of God's people Israel. And in His most holy of suppers, you too take Jesus into your hands, and you receive God's salvation for you. And because of this, because of forgiveness and salvation won in Jesus, you can now and forevermore live and depart in His peace. Amen. Now that peace that does pass all of our human understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.